Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Time now for the Live Wire with J.D. As a matter of fact, Walker, the actual leader of the Marlowe militia has chimed in saying, I'm the leader, WTF. And he actually is the leader because my man's name on Twitter is king of the Marlowe militia. Yeah, he said WTF. (laughs) He was mad at me, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get everybody angry and then divide and conquer. That's how Walker's Warriors works. All right, speaking of dividing and conquering, this is a divided fan base when it comes to Brian Burns. Many people want to pay him. Some people like I don't want to pay him. And earlier this morning, Joe Person, Panthers beat reporter for The Athletic, he joined the Mac and Bone Show to talk about how contract negotiations have fallen apart here recently. These negotiations were complicated from the beginning. And, and mainly because the the details of that Rams offer leaked, and 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 once Burns and his side, Todd France, the agent, knew the specifics of the Rams offer. I mean, it gave them all the the leverage yeah. and all the bargaining power, and and I think that emboldened them. That, you know, maybe they were going to shoot for the moon anyway, because they all most most of these guys do <laughs> to maximize it but but that really to me complicated it and then you know other sticking points were like yes his numbers were down but he also never got to go rush a passer last fall with a lead in the fourth quarter <laughs> when these pass rushers eat so yeah it was a complicated deal and and still you know to his degree probably is complicated if they're going to restart these negotiations walker when you hear that from Joe Person saying that the, the the negotiations got complicated after the Panthers declined the Rams trade. Does it make you less confident that ultimately, even with the new GM, a resolution will be uh, resolved and Brian Burns will have a long-term extension with the Panthers? No, I, I don't think it'll be – I don't think I'm less confident. I did hear Joe talk about this when he was speaking with Mac and Bone, too, about how you almost start off if you're Dan Morgan – with what is considered a bad move, even if Dan Morgan wasn't the guy in charge when they didn't accept that trade offer from the Rams. If the Panthers decide to trade Brian Burns and you only get only, quote unquote, a first round pick in return, well, that's quite a bit less than what you would have gotten from LA. So already Dan Morgan is making this move where we view it as this mistake, even though I do think People like us, we would continue to provide context saying, no, it's a different regime now. And they're just trying to, you know, mitigate some of the losses that they had when they turned down that Rams offer. So, no, I don't think I'm less confident because that's yesterday's problem. Now you got to figure out what the market is like today. I have said it a million times. I'm not trading Brian Burns for anything less than a first round pick. You can get a first round pick out there. I saw Mike Kay, who we'll have on tomorrow from the Charlotte Observer, bring up this point about the return for Montez Sweat only being a second-round pick. It wasn't a first, and Montez had a better year than Brian Burns. That might be true, yet still, it's just not worth it for me unless I get one of those top 32 selections in the upcoming NFL draft or something in the 2025 NFL draft. I'm just not doing it for anything less than a first because he's that valuable to me. 
We'll see what happens with Dan Morgan now at the helm. We'll see what happens with Brant Tillis as the capologist compared to Samir Suleiman, who was there the past four years or so. It'll be very different, but we still have a long way to go before I think we get to the end of the road with Brian Burns. Yeah, I mean, the Rams offer was very robust, and that's an offer that they're not going to get again because I think if you trade them for a first round at this point, it's pointless just because you don't want to pay them because, again, you're going to be chasing your tail trying to draft another Brian Burns. He's got a lot of metrics that help his case. We also added in the tackles for loss. We baked that in, as we like to say. So, uh, in my opinion, I think the Panthers, the only way to get through this is just give the man what he wants. Unless he's asking for a completely unreasonable number, which I don't know what that number would be to Carolina, just pay him what he wants. If he wants $28 million, 29, just give it to him. But he wants 30 If he wants 30 give it to him. Just give it to him. So, it, like, the just give it to him means until what? Like until 34? Are you just saying, hey, give him 34? No, 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 but I'm saying okay, okay. I, I said if it sure gets unreasonable, stopped. then you're like, all right, then we need to do something. If he's like, yo, I want 35, I want more than Micah Parsons, then you're like, okay, let's. Well, that's my question. What was unreasonable? Because, you know, you're saying just give it to him because it's an easy decision. Just go ahead and do it. But, like, if we're at 32, like, what, what's the mark? I'm for okay you? with 30. Like, okay. I'm all right 30, with giving him 30 because it. we know how NFL contracts go. You give them 30 now, it's going to get surpassed three, four, five times over by the time we're two years down the road. Then he'll be the sixth highest paid pass rusher. You know what I'm saying? Because Michael Parsons is going to pass that one. And then more guys are going to come as well. Then you're going to get a guy, too, out of that veteran group that's making all that money that's going to say, oh, y'all gave Brian Burns 30, like Miles Garrett is going to say, oh, y'all gave him 30. Okay, well, I want more than him. But we know how NFL deals go. You see it at first, and it's jarring. But then four or five years down the line or three yeah. to four years down the line, they're like middle of the pack as far as what they're getting paid. So just give him what he wants and get it over with. Another piece of Brian Burns sound I wanted to play because we didn't play it back in the 12 p.m. hour, America's long snapper, J.J. Jansen. He also joined the Mac and Bone show this morning and said that this is going to take this is taking some time because both Burns and the Panthers front office they have positives they're bringing to the table. A year and a half ago when the trade was turned down, you knew that a lot of these things were likely to come up. It's just it, it's a long process negotiating a major deal for a prime player on your team in the prime of his career. So none of this to me is a surprise as we've kind of worked back and forth team and player working trying to get to a to a middle ground. Remember, there has to be two sides to it. So anything Burns turned down wasn't good enough for him. And anything that the the team has offered, you know, they're offering what they're willing to go to. So we're, we're still trying to find a middle ground. What every player is looking for is the long-term deal because with the long-term deal becomes the biggest chunk of of money from a guaranteed standpoint. But the value of going year to year for the player is they usually are able to maximize their dollars because year to year you go to free agency every year. And with a franchise tag, you won't get to go to free agency yet, but you're getting paid a ton of money to go to free agency before you go to free agency. And then in two years, I think he'd be 27, he'd be a free agent. So there is value in going year to year. There's also tremendous value and getting the, the one big contract. So I, th I think that's what both sides are weighing. Wes, you've been in football locker rooms before. You know how that dynamic works. How important is it to the locker room that the Panthers keep one of their better players after seeing a guy like CMC, yes, be traded away, but not get the full returning and get the most out of that return with the way the Panthers miss on those draft picks? Well, you know, I always hear people talk about that as far as, oh, well, what's the message it's going to send to the players? 
the players don't care, man. As long as you cut them the check that they want, they're going to sign the contract. They don't care what you did to the player before, what you did to the player after. It might be in the back of their mind, but if you come with that right number that I'm looking for, if I walk into that room wanting $25 million and you give it to me, I'm not going to think about, oh, man, what, what did they do to Brian Burns? What did they do to this guy, that guy? I want my money and my situation. So players, you know, they can talk a good game all day about, oh, well, what, what messages they're sending to the locker room. Those players don't care. As long as you give them the check they're looking for, they're going to be right out there on Sundays. I think it matters to some veterans in the league, but I think for the most part, you're right. And I saw Josina Anderson have a really long tweet about this very thing <laughs> with Brian Burns and Carolina negotiating. He tweeted a book. Surely did tweet a long time. <laughs> but the point was Carolina and how they're handling business with Brian Burns and how free agents, this is the argument in the NBA all the time as well. And we've used it a lot for the Charlotte Hornets. If the Charlotte Hornets aren't doing good business with some of their players and they're not treating them correctly, whatever that may mean, now we're, you know, maybe other free agents in the league don't want to come here to Charlotte. And that might be the same with Carolina. Like, this is a real thing that we've talked about, at least with coaching staffs, like just attractiveness of these jobs. Here we are talking about it with Mike Evans. If Mike Evans has all of these teams that want him, then it's real feasible that he would want to pick to a Kansas City who's out here winning Super Bowls at less money compared to Carolina. Like, yeah, but are... Dave Canales is more attractive than Andy Reid. He is more attractive. That is very true. Hmm. Maybe you like the mustache from Andy Reid. I could see it. Looking like a walrus out there eating cheeseburgers. I'm with it. <laughs> but Dave Canales is more attractive. I think it would take a little more, especially financially, for you to get Mike Evans consideration but that's where it comes into play when you're going after the stars and if you don't handle what you think is a star in brian burns the correct way then the mike evans is of the world or some of these other wide receivers you might want to go sign it might affect him it might affect him especially if you're comparing carolina to another team that's looking to go get you for a very similar amount of money a game we'll spend some time talking about tomorrow in the campus corner will be carolina and virginia a game that's going to play a role in the acc regular season race and while Virginia is coming off a thumping at Virginia Tech, the Heels have had the week off, and that concerns former Tar Heel player and head coach Matt Doherty. I don't like the week off. Coach Smith didn't like the week off because you lose your rhythm, okay? You lose your rhythm. You probably give the guys two days off, and it's just sluggish. I don't like it at all. Matter of fact, when I was uh, – uh, my first year, I think we had the the week off. We got to play Clemson at Clemson. We lost. We lost five out of the last ten games mm. after going, winning 18 in a row. I don't like the week off. I really don't. It's concerning to me. Walk, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I loved where this week off came in the schedule. When you play 20 conference games, you got to give them a break. After hearing what Coach Doherty had to say, though, a little bit more concern. Should Carolina fans be worried about gearing their first win in Charlottesville since 2012 after a week off. I'm more concerned about Virginia losing the way they did than I am with North Carolina having all of this time. Like if you, if you think North Carolina having all this time off is a bad thing, then you would say it was because you lose a rhythm. But the only thing I would say to Matt Doherty is Carolina doesn't have a rhythm right now. North Carolina is going back and forth on the win loss scale. They win against Virginia Tech. That's good. They got a 15-point victory, but they lost to Syracuse on the road. They barely beat Miami. They lost to Clemson. They beat Duke. They lost to Georgia Tech. That's six games in a row where you're going back and forth and back and forth. They don't have a rhythm either way. 
So I think it's okay. If they were playing really well, like let's say that you had this week off during the long winning streak that you had, then I could see this argument. But right now, I mean, I would almost argue that they needed this time off in order to get everything right before they go back at it at the end of the regular season. Uh, You know, that's an interesting perspective that we just heard. And I think him definitely saying that Dean Smith had an issue with it and what happened to their teams when they had that week off. I think there's something there. Uh, we'll see if it's going to affect the Tar Heels. I mean, all I can say is wahoo wah when it comes to that, you know? No, it's great analysis. Wahoo wah. <laughs> Go ahead, Finny, what you got? All right, so something we haven't really touched on because we don't have a baseball team is the fact that spring training has been open for about two weeks across Major League Baseball. And earlier this week, Anthony Rendon offered an honest take an honest opinion about how important or unimportant baseball is to him. How does your pro and con list today compare to what it was like 10 years ago? It's a lot different. Um, I'm married. I have four kids. My priorities have changed since I was um, in my early 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Is it still a top priority for you? though? It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys oh, at good. 7 oh. in the morning or whatever time it is. So, Did you, I mean, do you want I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have baseball? answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> Wes, he said that baseball is a priority, but it's not a top priority. He signed a massive contract with the Angels after winning a World Series with the Nationals. And this caught a lot of flack, not just in the baseball world, but in the sports world. Is this just more of a reality where for today's athlete, they play their sport because they're good at it and not because it is their end-all, be-all? That's, that's why they wake up and live their life every day? Uh, no, I think it depends on the athlete. I mean, you do have some guys, the Kobe's, the Michael Jordan's, and some of those guys that are great in their respective fields that are maniacal about what it is that they do, and the money doesn't matter. And then you do have guys, I mean, I'm sorry, Rendon just kind of gave you a glimpse of what some athletes think, and some guys do treat this as their job, but he comes out and he does it well. He's one of the better players in Major League Baseball, and so, you know, I can't, hate on him that bad but now he's definitely put a bullseye on himself that anytime he doesn't have a good game or goes through a bad stretch or has anything like that people are automatically going to question his love of the game but he told you right there and then there was a reporter just being aggravating he was certainly being a gnat uh, to Mr. Rendon because he sits there and he just keeps asking him the same question over and over. And it's like, man, I just told you. But him putting, you know, his family and his faith first, and, you know, that means he's not going to be compromised uh, by the game and he's going to always look at things from the pop proper perspective. So I don't really have an issue with what he said. I, I, f I feel like I'm getting dumber with everything that I'm hearing surrounding this conversation. Like what I said, something dumb. Not you. Me? No, not it. Okay, I apologize. That was not an intended insult to either one of you. Gosh, tell how that, you really feel. That fa The fact that Anthony Rendon and that reporter were going at it the way that they were, and if people are making this a big deal, what did he say that was wrong even for the rabid competitor? Fitty. The man said he cares more about his family and his faith than football. 
then baseball, then basketball. He was saying baseball with him playing in that sport. Is he wrong? No, I, I guess. Like, what? What? No, but this is the point. He wants his players to be robots. This is this is the point. You can you can have baseball as a priority. Like, I, I, are we saying? I just don't get it. Like, I, I, I guess as fans, we just don't want to hear it, right? Like, I know me as a fan, I don't want to hear my guys admitting that. That family and faith are more important than the sport that he plays? I guess it's just a fan thing where we live, and as a fan, I live in a world where as long as to me in the you know the three hours that you're playing whatever sport, it's the most important thing. I guess as a fan, it's something you just don't want to hear. Like, something that you know, you just don't want to hear it, right? Like, I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against what he said. But I guess as a fan, you just you don't want to hear it. I'm yeah. really confused. No, and and even for you to be honest, like even Oof. if I understand that we're talking about wanting the players to care about the sport that they play almost more than anything, are we really trying to make this a big deal when he talks about his religion and his family mattering more than the sport that he plays? He's admitting that it's a priority. But we're saying family and faith can't come before the sport, before his job. Like, I honestly don't know if even the most rabid of fans in the world hear that and say, oh, man, he should care about baseball more than God. Listen, to, listen to New York Sports Radio, man. They had a field day with this comment on Monday. Stupid. It's stupid. I agree. I mean, it, it couldn't like I'm trying to th- it couldn't get more stupid. Like, if we're really, this is a problem. If we're really trying to make this into an issue where Anthony Rendon is telling you that his family and his faith matter more than the sport he plays, and we're like taken aback by that, I, I, how many people in the world have that same exact idea? Just because you play the sport and care about it a ton doesn't mean you're going to like basketball more than your child. JJ, asked, JJ asked on the text line, Fitty, is Mama or WFNZ more important? What are we talking about? Want to hear Mama tell us? She'll tell you I choose WFNZ over her. So yeah, right. We can we can pass that conversation. Look, I, I'm not saying that I disagreed with it. Like I agree with what he said. I was just trying to play devil's advocate and trying to make good radio. And well, in the process, fine, I got called dumb. Well, that that's fine. <laughs> if you want to play devil's advocate, then I'll be on the other side and slam it. I'm just it. saying, it as just a fan, make, if you believe that at all, yeah, like, no, no. As I, a fan, I just don't want to hear it. Like, I just don't want to hear you because as a fan, I want that to be the most because I, I, I do, you know, I devote 162 diets out of my life to watch you play baseball. You don't. But it's OK for it to be third on the list behind God and family. I'm not like, but, what are we doing? I'm just saying I don't want to hear it. That's all. I don't disagree with the statement. Just it's one of those times where I, as a fan. Fans don't want to hear, I hear what you're athletes saying. say that the sport that they get paid millions of dollars to play isn't the most important thing to them. That's re- the reality. I really want to – no, it's not. I don't think it is. I want to hear this on the text line. As a fan, do you really want your favorite players to say they care more about the sport they play than religion and family? Like, is that a priority for you to be invested as much as you are in the sport that you watch? Like, seriously, answer me truthfully. 704-570-9610.